0: Come to Him
1: with all your heart, come and Hello, Calvary. Welcome to This is Calvary, a place to find encouragement, camaraderie, and practical steps for spiritual engagement. My name is Caroline Whitman, and I'm the Director of Communications and Care, and I'm here today with Pastor John Lambeth and Ray Paul. Hello, hello. Hi. We are standing on the edge of Epiphany. We've spent the last several weeks talking about what Epiphany means, that Jesus came in a body and lived as a human, and all of the things that means for us in his identification with humanity. Epiphany also spans through the Transfiguration, which is a unique glimpse into his divinity. But this week, we look at Lent coming up, beginning with Ash Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 17th. And we want to take a moment to ask what our previous associations were with Lent. What even is it? People fast? What does that mean? So as we start here, let me just begin by asking both of you, John, Ray, what was your first impression with Lent? How did you hear about it growing up? Tell me about your first associations with it
0: mine's short i've never heard of it until when college
1: okay
2: i grew
0: up in the southern baptist church and it just was not a part of yeah not even talked about at all i don't think so i wasn't super involved in church growing growing up in some ways and so i might have missed it but yeah i would have been on the side of like critiquing it probably when i first heard about it from that kind of critical of tradition uh maybe like a Presbyterian kind of world. Okay. Um, and I warmed up to it over the years. Yeah. So, yeah. What well, about you, Ray?
2: I think I'd heard bits and pieces of it, but definitely always in the context of that's what the Catholics do. Or if believers do it, they just need to get right with the Lord and not be legalistic. Like it was, it was condemnatory either way, uh, very much yeah, they just don't have things together and they're doing this Lent thing. And even then, yeah, it wasn't until college for me as well that I actually experienced people practicing it in ways that wasn't um, strange or felt like a New Year's resolution or that wasn't, I'm doing this because I am trying to to cleanse myself of some sin. Mm -hmm. It was very tough to find any kind of faithful practice of it until the last couple of
1: years. I have this distinct memory. I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine. And I had a friend that like came up to me at school like, what are you giving up for Lent? And I was like, shoot, that's now. And I was like, "What? how long has it been going on? And I looked it up. It was like, oh, we were 10 days in. And I was like, <laughs> what have I not had that I like in the last 10 days? And so I did some major thinking. And then I came back and I was like, lollipops. I'm giving up lollipops for Lent. <laughs> I had that one. I didn't bring it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Clearly, that was not the point. Yeah. <laughs> so, do tell me. Yeah. What? So, usually associated with Lent, you have like uh, the secular, like Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday. Um, there's colors and food and festivities associated with that. You also have this idea of fasting, and that takes like a million different forms. Mm-hmm. Um what else i guess comes to mind that's associated and how how did it get connected that from what you know of
0: yeah well i think i think it's fair to say it does need some redeeming for a lot of people when you see it when you see mardi gras and kind of the culture of that you need you need to redeem it but then the question is is it redeemable and then i think it it is because what we're really saying is that as a church we want to enter together into something that the Bible talks about which is fasting and longing and building that around you know Jesus heading into the wilderness for forty days it's a 40 day season for us where we we put aside good things and I think in general fasting is a way of saying that we want a deeper presence with with Christ and with God um, and so that rhythm of doing it together is just a good way to to lean in as a church community and lean against the individualism that so uh, pervades Western Christianity. So I think it can be redeemed.
2: Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about the whole fasting conversation has been the process of identifying what you'd long for and working through that and identifying perhaps what you're going to fast from to any degree or why, and that it's not an immediate substitution of, I long for this thing, I'm going to give it up for Lent, it's not an immediate move from that to, and I long for Christ. You can just insert whatever in that space of longing, some other compensatory thing. And it, it's not an immediate move from I give up and therefore receive Christ. That's, that's not connected necessarily.
1: Yeah. That's what's tricky about it is it's very easy to just kind of check the box and say, I did it without accomplishing a point. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah. So, I mean, what is fasting in the Bible? It's when Jesus talks about it, he says, well, they the Pharisees say, why are your disciples not fasting? And he says, well, why would they fast when the bridegroom is here? But when the bridegroom leaves, they will fast. And so fasting is framed up as a way of expressing a longing for closeness and intimacy with God. And I like to say it's a longing for the coming feast of of nearness to God and the second coming of Christ, the end of the story and really, uh, in the rhythm of the church life, and a lot of churches will, will practice the feast days of Sundays during fasting seasons. Uh, I think that's a way of showing that we're always fasting for presence and nearness to God, not just for self discipline or as a part of like a better diet, or you know, or very commonly is a way to. It's a time for you to actually give up toxic things in your life. That's not the spirit of Lent. Um, you should just give those things up right now. We don't have to wait. <laughs> uh, but if you think about, well, how do I actually lean into that season that the church has practiced for so long? Well, you give up something good. Oftentimes it is something to do with food and you long for Christ, but you also remember that the point is not for you to be miserable. It's always pointing towards that feast. That feasting is the end of the story. The The Bible ends in a feast and so all of our fasting is, is a way to look forward to the intimacy that we want right now and that we will get one day.
2: Which I guess the only thing i not quite poke at that because I agree. But the one thing I'd say is that there's also meant to be in the midst of the fasting, a sort of feeding on Christ. Right. So it's not just a, I'm sort of miserable and alone in the wilderness right here. And eventually I'll hit a Sunday when I can celebrate and experience God. But it's definitely a you are being met in the wilderness in that moment.
0: Well, and that's how Jesus responded to Satan in the wilderness. Man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Um, And so Jesus seemed to find a way to sustain and be nourished in the wilderness by drawing near to his father. And so I think that's the model that you're right. As we give up and as we feel the bodily reaction to doing without, that's a reminder of our... Our humanness, our frailty—you know—the symbol of ash is often associated with the season of Lent, kind of showing that we are of we are of dust, and uh, that we need to to feast on the Father, like Christ. So,
2: I, I'm gonna go back real quick to the list of all the things feasting isn't, because yeah. I was trying to think: is there anything that we missed on that list of like, <laughs> it's not a, I'm repenting of this
0: fasting. What is fasting not? Right, yes. right. So fasting
2: is not she like.
1: Like I spend too much time on Instagram, I, <laughs> I'm gonna give it up for Lent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's where I'm thinking. Like, if that's just a a repenting of some kind of, uh, you know, spiral for you or like addiction, I don't know that that's that Lent is the season. I don't think Lent is the season for that. I think if you recognize that I satisfy my desire for community or for love or affection in X, Y, Z ways. If I stop doing this and start spending intentional time, with the Lord, every time I reach for my phone and go to Instagram, like what, what does that do to my understanding of how I interact act with this thing? Like, mm. I think that that could still be a healthy practice where you fast from yeah. the social media feed, but only if you're going, well, I'm not going to go to Instagram. Let me just drown my sorrows in YouTube instead. Like that's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: What is TikTok? I uh, was yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's just pick up another bad habit.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is tricky because you if someone's on six uh, Instagram 6 hours a day and that's not that's already bad. But if you're on Instagram 30 minutes a day or an hour a day and you give it up for lent, then that's kind of a gray area. But you can't feast on it, which to me kind of So
1: you're framing up as fasting is for feasting. And if it doesn't make sense to feast
0: Yeah, kind of, right? It
1: doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. to fast in.
0: Right, right. Unless there's a way to feast on Instagram, which I'm not thinking of.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) (laughs) We know what Ray thinks.
1: (laughs) So fasting is, by nature, giving up something good or neutral, you said.
0: Yeah, maybe just good.
1: I would, yeah, I agree. I think
0: probably just good. Yeah. Food is not neutral. Yeah. Food is oh, good.
1: Grimacing.
2: Well, the only thing I'm thinking of is I'd love to encourage the kind of, I, I've seen some people who found just incredible benefit from a social media fast, but yeah. I'd say do that outside of Lent then. Oh. Yes. So what
1: makes something distinctly Lent?
2: I wonder if it's something that, and maybe the Sunday, the Sunday idea is what, calibrates it is is it something that I can rejoice in on Sundays because I'm thinking one of the first things I did for Lent when I wasn't really sure what I was doing and the whole nine yards was to give up coffee because I knew it was one thing that I would notice I missed in my day and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking if this is going to be some way of retraining how I think of the Lord Mm -hmm. because again that was basically my entrance into it was well I'm going to give up something that I'm constantly reminded of the Lord throughout the day then which meant when I came to Calvary on Sundays, I would grab a cup of coffee before I went into the service. And it was one of the most delightful moments of the entire Lenten season with every <laughs> Sunday I got my cup of yeah. coffee.
1: Okay. Connecting to embodiment. That's like a very 3D tangible way to yes. like take part in joy that wasn't there the rest of Like with your yes. body.
2: Yes. That's cool. So that's where I was thinking it was something that I could genuinely delight in on that feast uh, of Sunday. And it was something then where, because I I missed it and I also was very aware of anything I might try to substitute for it of, oh, well, I'm not getting my caffeine fix on my Monday and finding it a lot harder to get that. And so being challenged, even myself continually throughout the week of what I might try to substitute rather than using it as intentional time with the Lord. So instead of making coffee in the morning am i just shortening my morning routine or am i taking extra time with the lord that was something that really struck me so i guess maybe that what what you're giving up but also what relationship with the lord you are what your relationship with the lord is being directed to as a result of giving that up
1: you're yeah. creating space right yes like in order to
0: fill yeah and i think we should probably circle back and redeem the idea of social media fasting for Lent because we can't say that it's all bad to get on social media, right? And so, except for Ray might say that. But um, <laughs> Sorry. so then if you go to zero, right, you're giving up something that was not a toxic part of your life. Maybe it was an okay part of your life and you're creating space, right? And you're doing without probably maybe a certain good connection about getting updates on baby pictures or whatever, And I think that is a redeemable way to experience Lent. Not everybody can do Lent the same way. Not everyone's on the same stage of their journey. Some people can't even give up food for different reasons. So, um, you know, if it's a TV show or if it's something that... we're, We're trying to lean against the idea of giving up. This is not a time to give up sin or not even just sin, but like really toxic, addictive things in your life. Like The time for that is today. out things are toxic in your life is when you give them up. So you might not even be aware, right? So you you decide to stop watching or partaking in something that you think is fine, but then the way your body reacts to that and the way your mind reacts to that uh, shows you that it had a little bit deeper grip than you thought it did. And so I think that's where it's, can I give up something unhealthy for Lent? Well, you may find out that you did, right? <laughs> and that might just only show itself in the season of of stepping away from it.
1: Okay, this sounds like a mind game. Mm. (laughs) Where should my heart be? (laughs) (laughs) During Lent? Yes.
0: Well, the easy question is...
1: Okay. I'm interested in Jesus' jukes.
0: I
2: think of it very much of a sort of a place of vulnerability before the Lord. Because if you're understanding Lent as a season of wilderness, there can be very much a sort of desperation that kicks in when you're giving up something that's been either a comfort that you didn't realize to what degree it was, when you're giving up something and you're sort of counting down the days until you can have that again. There's just this mentality of, Where is goodness here? And I'm trying to be faithful and I'm trying to be good, but I'm also starving. Like there's, there's a, an interplay there that there's a question of, am I trying to exist in this wilderness on my own and show off my piety or my righteousness in this way? Or am I turning to the Lord and acknowledging sort of the, not just I'm, I'm giving this up, see how good I am, but I'm giving this up and I have nothing and I need you in this Mm. and to, to enter into that place and find that it is the Lord that is sustaining in ways that you have not received because you have attempted to fill it with other things. Um, That's, that's where the aspect of Lent also is a season of repentance. It's not that you, you give up as a form of repentance, but you give up, you find out how much you, Depended on or claimed this thing as your own, yeah. and in that act of repentance before the Lord, you find out that He is preparing you to receive more of Him, and you celebrate that every Sunday of Lent, and then have this joyous marking of the year at Easter, of know that there is not only is there their resurrection, but there is resurrection for me too.
1: Right.
0: I think another helpful way to frame it up, which one of you mentioned before we started is the idea of you reap what you sow and Lent as a springtime of sowing seed and waiting for the harvest of that. And so it's a season of working towards working out your salvation and fear and trembling in a unique way that you can see the harvest of at the end of it. And so it's ways in, in which you're intentionally pursuing uh, a season of of sanctifying grace in your life.
2: Which, to take that analogy a little bit further, is asking the Lord what it is that he wants to sort of strip the land of in preparation for that planting. Because I, I think we might immediately think of, oh, I could give up X, Y, Z, and it's my, maybe a very obvious thing for us. But actually even taking the time to pray and say, what actually... Lord, what are, what are you pointing me towards to, to fast from during that season and finding out that the kind of cultivation of the ground that the Lord wants from you in Lent might not be what you expected it to be. Yeah. But it allows that planting and that quietness in the fields before that, that springtime moment. it's not that easy though i like in all of our lovely words about it i also want to say like there's moments when it's really hard
0: right
1: because you're re you're retracing almost you're reliving the story of like the wilderness which is desolate and exhausting
0: right (laughs) i think it's it's probably better maybe even to first start with a commitment to draw near and then find out what you need to remove Maybe I think we often frame it up as as a time of you just like make yourself miserable for forty days and you eat on Sundays and then you have Easter, but like that's not the spirit of it. The spirit of it is if I first want to draw near, I understand that fasting is a biblical, commanded experience. I also understand that I'm an American and we're not very good at it, right? Just own that. <laughs> not a deep part of our culture. You know, some cultures have this built in that they have a different relationship with food and everything. Um, and so we're trying to learn at w- w- just how deeply those things go into ourselves. And we know we want to draw near. And so we step back from some things and and just see what God has for us.
2: And recognize it's harder to see now with everything pandemic, but recognize that it is meant to be done in the life of the church it's in a strange way. It is, it is very personal and intimate with you and the Lord, but it's also as you fast, particularly the the Friday markers and think that around the world, there are believers who are also fasting before the Lord. And even within the Calvary yeah. circle, then there are others who are fasting and leaning into that of who else do I know who's walking this with me? Um, and yeah. it's, it is tough because the celebration then is, is more difficult when it's not done in community, right? right. Um, but finding ways to maybe mark that right. some some way to place yourself amongst those people who can also help with that sense of even accountability. Sure. Um, yeah,
0: you can't have a feast by yourself. I mean, it would not try. be a very good <laughs> feast. Might call it something else. Um, yeah, I think, and I. I can even hear someone saying, well, wait a second. It says in Matthew that when you fast, right, don't be like the Pharisees and uh, make a show of it, but do it secretly. And they, they they, they're thinking, gotcha, mm-hmm. but we can keep reading the Bible and see that oftentimes we see the church fasting together. Like when the church in Antioch is sending out Paul and Barnabas, they fast and they pray together. And so there's, what Jesus is critiquing in the Sermon on the Mount and and that kind of fasting or fasting for show, that would be the equivalent of us fasting so that we can brag about it or make a good Instagram post of your, uh, meat free meals. Uh, (laughs) that's not terrible, but you know, if, if your heart behind it is to show off, that's the pharisaical fasting, but fasting in community would have been very normal in the early church. And I think is a very healthy thing that we need each other to, to live out the Christian life.
2: Yeah. And that it can help with that act of confession of just how hard it can be. Again, yeah. you're getting back to that right. space of vulnerability, which is not my favorite place to be at all, but it's that I am struggling in this moment yep. and walking that together is a really, uh, it was a really beautiful thing.
0: Right. If you think about our Christian walk as sticks and carrots, as far as, you know, you're, <laughs> You're moving a donkey down a road, <laughs> right? <laughs> do you hang a carrot in front of its face or do you hit it with a stick? Um, I feel like the nature of God's relationship to us is a very carrot-heavy relationship. <laughs> I'm not saying it's never the discipline and chastisement of God because it is, but we are often brought down the road of faith by the, the grace of God in our lives. What do you think, Ray?
2: I'm wondering if certain people expect their interaction with God to look like one or the other. Oh yeah, and they refuse to move. I'm thinking, okay, fine, myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this like hypothetically,
2: hypothetically, <laughs> let's talk about someone who may or may not resemble myself, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this like sort of refusal to grasp the grace of God because there hasn't been enough discipline. Hmm. This kind of, I haven't, the sense of I either haven't repented enough or Mm. been in this wilderness long enough. Yep. Which actually says more about my concept of my own righteousness than it does about the the realness of the grace of God. Right. Um,
0: Yeah, that's deep. uh, We're going to pretend that's someone else, though. Yeah, somebody. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Jesus, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, right? And they called him a glutton and a drunkard. John the Baptist prepared the way with a fasting ethic. And I think that's the spirit of our fasting. But then when Jesus is there, it's the, it's the feast. It's the, the wine doesn't run out. And I think that's a, a picture of how God wants to relate to us. Yeah, I think one thing the Bible teaches is that repentance looks like fasting, which we've been talking about, and repentance also looks like feasting. Um, so the feast the feast days, if that's part of how you practice Lent, a lot of people will feast on Sundays. And when you think about, I was just talking about this earlier with before we started about the book of Ezra, and when they have lost the Old Testament and they find it again, they're quite ashamed of themselves and are just ready to do whatever kind of lashings or self-hatred that they deserve. And the instructions from Ezra is that, no, don't do that. Feast, and drink the good wine, and kill the fattened calf, and rejoice that uh, God has shown his grace to you in this. And so I think there's—I have found that sanctification perhaps happens more often— in the feasts of God's abundances in my life, perhaps than it does in my own self-loathing, right? That a lot of times when we just get caught in a deprivation and self-loathing and I'm not going to even let myself feel this way until I get better, well, that's a vicious cycle, right? Because then you fail and then you feel worse and then you fail more. And how do you break the cycle? Well, the, the feast of the prodigal son, right? When you come back to God, you know he has something for you. And uh, I think the picture of Lent done well is that we can learn about repentance and faith in the fasting of Lent, and then we can learn about the abundance and grace of God in the feasting of Lent, which of course culminates in Easter.
2: Which brings home the point that they're not meant to be separated from one another of the the sort of fasting and feasting though. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that there is a, sort of a grace in being able to enter into that cycle. And I'm thinking even of past Lenten seasons where I have broken Lent yeah. for various reasons <laughs> right. at, at some point in it. sure. And the kind of both repentance and grace that comes in when you reenter it, right. like that strangeness of, no, I broke the fast on, you know, Wednesday, I'm going to deprive myself of it on Sunday as like a compensatory thing. Right, like punish yourself. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's not acknowledging at all that, no, the, the grace and the joy is from the Lord. It's right. not because you did anything right. Yeah. Uh, and so to re-enter that, that cycle and then go, no, like even it, it might've been a broken lint, but mm-hmm. there is that continual cycle of being welcomed back like the prodigal son right. and that joy that comes and the right. joy that you celebrate and yeah, right. you, yeah. You get back into it.
0: Jesus's whole point with fasting is that the presence of God is the feast. That's why you are fe- you're fasting for the feast of God. And so when Jesus is there, he says, don't fast. There's no point because I'm here and that's what you're looking for. So. Yeah.
1: That reminds me of, a song I heard um, from an artist named Son of Laughter, Um, but I just wanted to read here. Let me pull it up. A a song that came out around Advent, but it traces that theme really through Advent, through Epiphany, and kind of uh, links it to our feasting conversation here. Um, This is called Little Sheep by Son of Laughter. Let me read it to you. When I hear the wolves in the wilderness and my heart begins to leap, I see my shepherd guarding the gate and I go back to sleep. For the Lord is my shepherd. He'll do anything for me. Lo, my shepherd became a little sheep. I don't like to be a follower. I love to find my way, but the animal inside me takes me far astray. I get lost and trapped and tangled. I cry out for my needs. He finds a way to bring me back, no matter how he bleeds. For the Lord is my shepherd, and he was coming after me. When, lo, my shepherd became a little sheep. When my fate was right before me, the slaughter and the flames, he came to speak my language. He came to take my place. Now I shall not want for anything, for my God became a beast to prepare a table and to become the feast. Not only do we partake in communion and are united with Him, but then we trace His storyline. Yeah. <laughs> like into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. And through death and. In Him we pass the test and are resurrected a new life.
2: It's interesting to put that then in the context of we don't go into the wilderness as if we're sort of waiting to find God, but we're going in and following Christ in that way, and in Christ in that entrance into the wilderness. We're not, you know, being pushed out of the nest, so to speak. Like, hope you survive this. Good luck. But it's very much a Entering into it, yeah, yeah. With and in him in that way.
1: Right. We don't have to be alone in the wilderness. That's yeah. I think we might feel it, but we're Yeah. We're walking in steps already formed. Right.
0: <laughs> so many saints found God in the wilderness, if you think back that Moses and Midian, the burning bush, David chased away by Saul, writing the Psalms in the wilderness. Um Paul goes to Arabia for years after he becomes Christian and Jesus. So we have both a Linton part of the church tradition but also we have seasons in life that are our wilderness where God calls us to walk a hard path but that's also where he's quite present I think
2: so. And you think of I mean the fullest picture we have of that feast is given to John while he's in exile and it's ah, just yes. this vision of glory and what's to come right. and it's got to feel so yeah. divorced from where he's at right now, this
0: yeah, that's good.
1: exile. Too bad we can't relate to that,
0: right? <laughs> that's good. I know. Of all the times in church history where you didn't feel like you needed Lent, it's like we've been <laughs> deprived he, for so long.
2: I know. And that's one of my like nervousness is don't think that because it's been a tough pandemic year, like well this is the one year i'm not going to do lint because it's already been such right. a hard year
0: like yeah super hard year for us average year in 1605 right. you know what like, i mean i need <laughs> i need. which plagues of this year bob <laughs> <laughs> come
1: to Calvary family, consider this your invitation to join us in the season of Lent. We'll kick it off um, on Wednesday, the 17th, 6.30 to 7.30 in the evening for a live stream Ash Wednesday service led by Giancarlo Caldron online, live streamed through Facebook and our website. And then starting that next Monday, the 22nd, we'll have an interactive Lenten art display. Sure We're invited to come into the church sanctuary and take part in an eight-station, socially distant Lenten walk featuring um, artwork from Chris Cole as well as Lita Forsyth and prayers written by different Calvary attenders as well. The song quoted in our conversation was Little Sheep by Son of Laughter. And you can find that on any streaming services. Every family, we love you and we're praying for you. We'll see you soon.